ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And uh, it's becoming a standard mantra here. Uh, first of all, um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations for topics, email me, cbergwaldsfcatholic.org. We're glad you're listening. We invite listener feedback. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Right, Father? Yes, let Dr. Bergwald know. Yes, yes, let me know. Father, <laughs> Father doesn't want to know. He's not interested in your petty ideas. I, on the other hand, uh, have, uh, I respect your dignity as the listener to Ignition. I, on the other hand, as a pastor, have daily contact with parishioners who express their opinions in various ways, whereas in the ivory tower of the chancery offices where Herr Dr. Bergwald, Bergwald works, he doesn't always get in touch with uh, the ahoy polloi. No, right, because I, on the other hand, have to put up on a daily basis with comments from people like Father, that is the priestly class, or the priestly cast, perhaps, even, of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I'd like, like to see the actual physical records of my daily contact with you. And, and by the way, um, uh, it was three in the morning, five in the morning when I'm getting up to take care of my kids. We'll talk about, let's talk about hoi polloi there, mister. They aren't, asking, they aren't asking you theological questions at that hour. Oh, and your parishioners are? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, what an auspicious beginning to uh, this episode of Ignition, Father. <laughs> Father, I like you. You're a good man. A good priest. And you're okay. As far as I can tell, at least from the virtual interaction that we have. So. Um, shall we put all banter aside and get down to business? That sounds like a good idea. Do we ever put all banter aside, though, really? No. I mean, is that realistic? Okay. All right. Um, Father, you and I have talked about how uh, last, uh, two weeks ago, when we recorded the last episode, the tidal wave was upon you, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing the waters have somewhat subsided, but um, it's, still, it's, it's still a busy time of year for uh, everybody involved with academia, including campus ministry. And I know that you've drawn up for uh, potential use at some point um, uh, a commitment statement of sorts for those who are involved in leadership on campus ministry. And you had proposed, actually, that, that we maybe talk about that. So I wondered first if you could just give some background on the statement, and, and then we'll uh, get into the nitty-gritty of looking at it and, uh, and some of the underlying details. And what lessons it might have for our dear listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this is just an idea that uh, we had here on our staff that we have um, through the FOCUS program, which is a fellowship of Catholic university students. We have around, uh, uh, starting the year at around 30, 35, uh, some student missionaries, we call them. These are students who... Uh, just in their life, want to try and make a difference in the life of the church and reach out to their fellow students, those that they go to classes with, those that they live with in dorms, those that they have maybe social connections with, 
Maybe they're in a dart league together. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, but have some connection with them. So they're dedicating themselves in the school year just to uh, that outreach and the, the things that are necessary to uh, try and bring that outreach to others. And so um, with my focus staff, we just, the, 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 the full-time focus staff, not the student missionaries, but those who are uh, living a full-time life with focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, just want to make uh, a little pledge or commitment for them to kind of concretize what it is that they're doing mm-hmm. and why it is that they're doing it. So, um, okay. So I think what would be good, obviously, they, the listeners can't read it. as you Well, well they, they can read it if they had it in front of them because they're all illiterate, I know. But... Um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. So what um, we'll do maybe stumbling, is uh, we'll go through, we'll read it, uh, just, and then we'll just talk about the different parts of it, maybe what caught our attention. So I think, w- w- why is it that you think it would be good for our listeners, uh, since you're not at South Dakota State University, Herr Doctor, um, why do you think this is something that other, other listeners should be interested or could, would be interested in? Well, as as we get into it, uh, we'll see pretty quickly on in the statement. It references um, the, the the first two sacraments of initiation, baptism and confirmation, um, and obviously those are sacraments which the vast majority of Catholics have received. Baptism, in particular, uh, but the vast majority of, of Catholics have also been confirmed. And I th- I think when where I thought when I read your statement um, the first time last week. Um, that it does a good job of giving specific ways in which we are called to live out our baptism. We hear a lot about the baptismal call and what it means to be a baptized uh, Christian, what it means to be a Catholic who's been baptized and confirmed. Um, and what I like about the statement is it, is it makes it very concrete and specific. What that what exact what is that what does that entail? What is the baptismal call? What are we supposed to do by virtue of our baptism? Um, and I think in that the, the statement, um, I mean, certainly you could write much, 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 much more, um, but it gets to the nitty-gritty and particularly the things that I think we need to hear in our day and age. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And that's good. I think that's just good to hear that out front, kind of what you hope. Um, so hopefully, dear listeners, then I think we're hoping is that you'll have a clear understanding of at least one aspect of uh, your baptism and your confirmation and why the church gives you uh, these sacraments and holds them in such high esteem. Absolutely. Yeah, they're not just, and just, you know, just sort of a brief uh, riff on that. And I think some, so often we're tempted to treat the sacraments of initiation as rites of passage. And in some ways they are that, uh, but they're not just that. They're not merely cultural rites of death passage. To life. Exactly. We, there's, there's a reality, a deep spiritual reality. Um, and that's part of, I think, what, when people talk about the baptismal call, I mean, we can, there's so much that happens when we're, con- when we're baptized, when we're confirmed. Um, certainly every time we receive Holy Communion, there's so much power there that we can reflect and draw upon that our entire lives and, frankly, for all eternity. Um, and, and so I think there's, there's a lot of merit in thinking back and not just for the sake of, ah, oh, um, but, but, but in thinking back in order to apply today or live out in a greater way now today, uh, the power that we're given when we're baptized, when we're confirmed, when we receive, 
our Holy Communion. Yes. So, yeah, I'm sorry. There was a riff on uh, something you had said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what do you think, so, Father? Do you want to read? The, do you want, uh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Should we just go to this actual text of the commitment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what, it's kind of as a maybe declarative statement. It's nothing binding, so just kind of declaring. So, uh, it starts out, we, the undersigned, our students at South Dakota State University, and our baptized and confirmed Catholics. Referring to. In the school year of 2012 to 2013, we begin the academic year with the following considerations. So these are just kind of statements of fact. Was that what you call them? Yeah, absolutely. Declarative statements. Statements of fact. Yep. Statements of fact. And these are facts that apply to any baptized and confirmed Christian. Uh, or Catholic, I should say. Uh, at the conclusion, whereas at the conclusion of the Gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus proclaims to the twelve apostles, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. That's Matthew chapter 28. Uh, going on, Dr. Bergwald? Actually, I wasn't sure if you were going to go on or not, so I do want to pause there, actually. Um, That's the first <clears throat> statement of fact. And, and, and the thing, you know, I've, I've thought about this verse recently um, in the context, generally speaking, of evangelization and catechesis, the year of faith, uh, the new evangelization. You know, we, we talk a lot, um, in those of us who work in catechesis and evangelization, obviously including priests, um, about how... It's the Holy Spirit who converts, and we, 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 can, we, can, we can, you know, prepare the soil, we can sow the seeds, but it's the Holy Spirit who does its work. And that's, of course, I say that, I say that often because it's true. But at the same time, look at the words that Jesus speaks here in, in, that, in that passage from Matthew, uh, the Great Commission that you cited. Go, therefore, and make disciples. I mean, there's definitely. I think sometimes the reason what I'm I'm bringing this up because I think sometimes we we let ourselves or we're tempted to let ourselves off the hook uh, by saying, "Well, I can't convert anybody. The Holy Spirit." We sort of, and and therefore the implication is, "I'm not going to do anything because right. the Spirit does it all." Well, that, <laughs> I mean, the Spirit does do the 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 heavy lifting, so to speak. But we've got a job to do, and our Lord makes that clear when He says. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Very much so. That it's not, this isn't optional. This is part of uh, every Christian's life. Yeah, we're, we're all called to engage that. And that goes back to something else earlier on. Your first sentence again, and we've already discussed this. Um, we, the undersigned students, are baptized and confirmed. And and. Period. That's it. You don't say baptized, confirmed, have ex received extensive formation, training, blah, 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 blah. Even though in this particular case, the focus missionaries have. The fact of the matter is everything that you well, say. Well, student missionaries haven't. I mean, they're full-time students right. who incorporate this um, as a part of their full-time life as a student. And then maybe Absolutely. some of them have jobs to be able to support themselves as students. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Thank you for, for the, the clarification. This is something that we're all called to that... Um, you know, it just the formation there is simply the formation that we would desire as baptized and confirmed Catholics. Yes. So anyway, but the, but the, the make disciples—it's a very active verb. 
uh, you know, it, it, Jesus is saying, do something. Um, it, it, so we can't let ourselves off the hook. I, we shouldn't let ourselves off the hook, uh, copying on saying, well, the Holy Spirit's the one who does that. No, no, we, he, he does, but we cooperate with him. So that was my comment on this, this first point, Father. Good. Um, so go to the second point then, would be uh, regarding our baptism. In our baptism, we were anointed to serve the church in imitation of Jesus Christ as priest, prophet, and king. And that comes from uh, the anointing uh, with the sacred chrism, which is one of the what they call explanatory rites after baptism. So uh, what, what do you mean by explanatory rites? Very good. So these are parts that expound upon or explain uh, what the baptismal reality has done. So the actual sacrament itself, moment of the sacrament of baptism is, you know, the threefold pouring of water and the invocation of the Blessed Trinity, right? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then there's these little things after baptism, like the baptismal candle, the white garment, anointing with sacred chrism, um, and one other step that we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, and the anointing of the sacred chrism, the, these things explain, expound upon, okay, this has just happened, and this is what it means. Right. So in, in sacramental theology, we, we talk about um, the validity of the sacrament and then the liceity of the sacrament, whether the sacrament's licit or not, whether it's valid or not. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're, when you're baptized, uh, the, the key, well, the heart of it, in a sense, is were you validly baptized? As you said, um, the, the, the formula, baptism in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and using water. Um, as long as that's done, you are baptized. There are these other things that if they're not done, it's not licit. It's not a licit sacrament, but it's still a valid sacrament. So all of these other things maybe are not the core, the heart, the essence of the sacrament. But as you're just saying, they explain, they, they elaborate on um, what has happened in that packed moment in which the, the water was poured and the words were spoken. So in this case... In our baptism, we were anointed to serve the church in imitation of Jesus Christ, priest, prophet, and king. Uh, I think a lot of, well, I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say a lot. I don't, I don't know the percentages. The, the fact of the matter is that we are baptized into Christ's status as priest, prophet, and king. So all of us, we talk about the common or baptismal priesthood. Um, we are all able, by virtue of our baptism, to offer things in union with Christ's sacrifice to offer things in a sense uh, as baptismal priests, for lack of a better word right now, right? So our prayers, my prayers are efficacious because of my baptism, because um, when I offer my prayers, a, a priest is somebody who offers, uh, one way to put it. Um, so I offer my prayers, I offer up my, my, my sufferings, and they're efficacious because they're united to the, the priestly offering of Jesus Christ par excellence upon the cross. Uh, and then all these other things, prophet and king. But we all, but again, by virtue of our baptism, all of us who are baptized participate in Christ's threefold munera, to use the technical term, but the threefold office of priest, prophet, and king. And for me. And for you. Yep. Uh, and just, uh, and this, this is actually a, a a large thing from uh, the Second Vatican Council in a certain way, and, 
and how do we live out those offices. But I think the most obvious one, the area of evangelization, um, uh, well, this too also be the prophetic and the, and the kingly or pastoral office. Uh, the prophetic office in the sense where the baptized believers are called to just simply speak the truth. Um, I saw a little quote about uh, Mother Teresa from today. We're recording today is the feast day of Blessed Mother Teresa Memorial. And saying that, that as all Christians, we have an obligation to speak the truth, you know, um, but to speak it with love. Mm-hmm. And so just that prophecy in that way, um, which is really what the prophets do. The prophets aren't always predicting the future. The prophets are just explaining the truth of our day. Right, absolutely. Uh, and the biblical prophets. And then uh, the, the, the kingly uh, office or the, uh, the, the pastoral office, in a sense, you know, leading them to green pastures. And so you think about how many of your friends that maybe don't have as good of a faith life or a family life as you do. You know, not to be judgmental in any sense, but just, you know, have you offered them the life that you have? Right. Have you invited them to eat at the green pastures that you yourself eat at? Absolutely. So the second uh, explanatory right for the baptism is that in our, whereas in our baptism, this is going back to the form, whereas in our baptism, our ears were anointed to receive his word and our mouths to proclaim his faith to the praise and the glory of God the Father. This happens uh, where the priest will just make the sign of the cross in the child's mouth and ears, or the adult's mouth and ears. Um, and uh, with that little, and this uh, uh, goes back to section the gospel reading uh, today, um, uh, for this day of uh, the 22nd week of ordinary time, uh, where in the gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus uh, heals a mute deaf man. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, uh, and prays the prayer, which means be open. And so we pray that the newly baptized individual will be open to the word of God and to proclaiming his praise. The, you know, what, what that reminds me of, in our baptism, our ears were anointed to receive his word. Um, I'm reminded of this last Sunday, the 22nd Sunday in ordinary time, um, in year B, which is Mark's gospel. Um, but, but the first reading, Father, um, was, as you may recall, from Deuteronomy chapter 4. Yes, and, and 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 actually, this was what, what one thing I try to do is 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 pay attention to the scripture readings at mass and see which one of them sticks out to me. Um, I've talked about this before, um, and 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 the, and the passage that stuck out to me struck me from from all the readings at mass on Sunday was from Deuteronomy four. Hear the statutes and decrees which I am teaching you to observe, that you may live. So as they hear the statutes in this, this statement, you say, um, in our baptism, our ears were anointed to receive his word. So we are empowered by our baptism to hear the word of God, to hear the teachings, his teachings, which he gives us, which he teaches us to live out so that we may live. Um, and, and of course, with the gospel, live in fullness, live with abundance. That's what, that's what that particular... Um, statement in the statement uh, called to my mind right that kind of fullness and abundance in that sense yep uh, which is just a beautiful and it's a beautiful invitation because what we desire is fullness of life in that way absolutely I think, yep. you know for for a lot of catholics who are wondering like why don't i have this uh fullness of uh of life uh, and um 
So why don't we? Um, part of the reason we don't have that fullness of the Christian life sometimes is because we're not sharing it either. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's kind of like uh, just think about your, like your own bodily health. You know, you you both taking food in and then having to expend energy as you do stuff. Otherwise, the action of taking food in is not as life giving. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where that, that second part of your statement. And our, so our, our mouths were anointed to proclaim his faith to the praise and glory of the Father. So, uh, so then the, uh, the, the next point on the sheet, the next whereas, would be in our confirmation we are given a special strength of the Holy Spirit to spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ to confess the name of Christ boldly and never to be ashamed of the cross. And there that quote uh, comes from the catechism. One of the uh, effects of the confirmation of the sacrament of confirmation given in the catechism. Yeah. So, so I, it used to be, my, my dad talks about, or has talked about this. Um, the metaphor that uh, was given to him when he was confirmed is he was now a soldier for Christ, part of, part of Christ's army. So baptism by baptism, we, we become uh, a member of the family of God. We become a brother or sister of Jesus Christ, uh, a son or daughter of the Father, temple of the Holy Spirit. And then confirmation, what that does in a particular way is strengthen that, that gift of uh, that, that role uh, as prophet. So we are empowered, as you just read your statement citing the catechism, we're empowered, a special strength of the Spirit is given to us to enable us to spread and, def- and defend the faith by word and action, both by word and action. I think, Father, sometimes you know, I, I probably overuse the, uh, the quotation, which is um, attributed, probably apocryphally, attributed to uh, St. Francis of, of Assisi, evangelize at all times when necessary, use words. I think sometimes we as Catholics can, uh, again, let ourselves off the hook. Well, it's never really never necessary for me to use words, so I'll just evangelize by my life. Well, but it's both... Deed, but also word. And we're given the grace of the Holy... We don't, we're not doing it on our own. We can call upon the Holy Spirit. He has given the gift of us the give, given us the gift of the sacrament of confirmation to do precisely that, to defend the faith by both the lives we live, but also by word. To confess the name of Christ boldly, um, courageously, and especially in, I think, our culture, Father, um, that's as necessary as a, and as important as ever. Very much so. Uh, and, and then the confidence that comes from this, that this is um, what our Lord desires for you to do. You know, it's uh, our Lord desires for you to be that sort of Catholic even more than you might desire it for yourself. And you might desire it very little. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but he certainly desires for that uh, to be you. To Absolutely. be who you are. Yep. Amen. And then finally, uh, uh, a quote. Uh, by the way, did you have the catechism reference? I don't have that in front of me. Did you? No, I don't, unfortunately. I'll look it up, though. You go ahead and, and, and read this. And I thought I'll I had the footnote, but I can't see the footnotes online. Yeah, yep. And finally, the Second Council, uh, Second Vatican Council, in its document, Lumen Gentium, uh, says, uh, whoever they are, the lady, they are called upon as living members to expend all their energy for the growth of the church and its continuous sanctification. So that uh, all Christians, whoever they are, uh, not just priests, not just people that live in the, uh, das, uh, work in the Dawson offices, 
Yeah. All Christians are called upon to expend all their energy for the growth of the church and its continuous sanctification. That's uh, quite to expend all their energy. I mean, I have, I have stuff to do. You have stuff to do. I mean, what do you mean expend? What, what are they talking about? To expend all my energy for the growth of the church and its continuous sanctification. Well, uh, that's a very good question. I mean, because I mean, can I, as a priest, say that all my energy is expended for the growth of the church and for its continuous sanctification? Uh, a good little examination point there. I uh, think. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I think you know what. There's a a huge point that's implied there but that needs to be drawn out and re-emphasized emphasized repeatedly, particularly in our time. To me, one way, if not the correct way, at least one way that we can understand that, everything we do, we should do for Jesus Christ. Everything that I do, um, how I interact with everyone, everything I sleep, every action, that I that I do internal or external sh can be done and should be done for Jesus Christ and His kingdom, His His bride, His body, the church. I think that's because you know, when you first well, what, spend all manner. I mean, you know, I for goodness sake, I mean, for, you know, I got five young kids. I gotta give them some time and attention, don't I? Yes, absolutely. But because of my baptism, because of my confirmation, everything I do for them, I can be understand that I'm doing all of that for Jesus Christ and his church. Right, your love and your care for uh, your children. And and it must and, and the call then is for that to be not just um, uh, uh, act, uh, objective but also subjective. Um, I'm going to take that for a moment. So, because as a baptized, confirmed Christian, you know, what you do in that sense in a, in a Christian marriage, what you do for your family is that as a baptized, confirmed Christian, everything you do in your workplace, whether it's, you know, you're working as a, 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 an assembly line worker uh, or a doctor, garbage man, a lawyer, it doesn't matter. Everything you do in some ways does represent Christ in his church, whether well or poorly. Yep. Um, and has an effect on the sanctification of the church, whether for good or for evil. Absolutely. Um, but then the desire to also make it a, a, a subjective experience, something that you are intentional, purposeful about, and aware of, uh, to try to bring uh, the presence of Jesus Christ through your own person, right? not just through a cross on your neck or something like that, but through your own person, your life, into that workplace. Absolutely. Um, I saw, there's a passage that I've looked at in this context uh, in the catechism before. Before I get to that, just a quick uh, re mention, the reference with regard to confirmation is in 1303. So if you want to look up what Father and I were talking about before, it's 1303. But in, in catechism, paragraph 901, it's a, and the whole thing is a citation from one of the second, the, the documents of the Second Vatican Council, Lumen Gentium, um, which is the dogmatic constitution on the church. Lumen Gentium 34 talks about the, the, the laity, it's talking about particularly the laity, and how laity, um, the, lay, the lay members of Christ's faithful can offer everything they do um, in the name of Jesus Christ. So this is, what, this is the sentence I want to highlight. For all their works, prayers, and apostolic undertakings, 
family and married life, daily work, relaxation of mind and body, if they are accomplished in the spirit, indeed even the hardships of life if patiently borne, all these become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So daily work, relaxation of mind and body, even the things that I'm doing for rest and refreshment, if they're done in the spirit, uh, can be offered for, to God, and, and in so doing, they become means of sanctification for the church, as the citation that your statement indicates. Yes, which is just amazing and wonderful to think about. Amen. I mean, it's not so hard to serve the church in that way. No. It might be hard to serve your well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could always do better, but I mean, it's, not, it's not so hard to begin. That's right. Yep. So. And then just, uh, yeah, so. But I think it's just, it, it, hopefully it's just a beautiful little eye-opening um, for our listeners and just clarification. Maybe you've already some, hopefully some desires or impulses they feel on their own as to, you know, uh, th that question, what does God want me to do with my life? Right, absolutely, absolutely. So anything else, do you want to continue with this, or should we uh, leave it at that? I think it would be a good place to leave. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover. We're kind of maybe coming yeah. to the, uh, the fullness of our podcast. And the... In the fullness of Ignatian, uh, Ignatian, Ignatian podcast time, we will stop. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. No, no, that's that's not an <laughs> that's not an appropriate. That's thing. abrupt. That's very abrupt. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, I think I think Father. So again, I think uh, even though this, we are not all students SDSU in the school year 2012, 2013, um, Everything that you call forth in this statement applies to every baptized and confirmed, confirmed Catholic. And again, as we were saying early on, that's why I think it has application beyond just the students that you lovingly serve. Amen. Amen. So with that, we will draw this episode of Ignition to a conclusion, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.